Is it better to be investing for capital growth or cash flow when looking at real estate in Australia? Now, I will share with you the exact formula and the numbers I use for my personal properties that I purchase, as well as the properties I purchase for the buyer's agency clients. If you're interested, definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name is Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now, if you are new here and you have no idea who I am, I've got like over 300 videos on this channel. I run the biggest Australian real estate channel and one of the fastest growing buyers agency search property, which you can find more details for in the link in the description below to the website. Now, right now, I want you to focus on how we can actually grow our wealth with real estate. That's the whole reason you're here. Yes, you can dabble into stocks. Yes, you can dabble into Pokemon cards or cryptocurrency currency, but the foundation of my wealth has always been and always will be Australian real estate. And the reason is I get best of both worlds where I get the capital appreciation, which isn't taxed, but I also get the cash flow, which allows me to enjoy my current lifestyle, plus also build a machine in the background. Now, most people fall into becoming an investor by accident. What I mean by that is maybe their accountant came up and said, hey, look, maybe you should invest in something. Or you've had an uncle say, well, you've got some surplus money. Why don't you buy real estate? It never goes down. Now, although over the long term, yes, it does trend up all property does not just continue to move up. Yes, there are properties that will go and lose value as well. That's why when you're purchasing property, your entry price is the main thing. And that's why I'm gonna share with you the couple of numbers I look at when it comes to capital growth, as well as cash flow and what yield I'm looking for personally later in this video. Let's define the two categories. So capital growth is basically the appreciation of the value of the asset you've purchased. So say you purchase a property for $450,000 and now it moves up to $500,000. You've now made $50,000 worth of capital appreciation or equity. Now, can you use all of that equity? No, you can't. Can you use a portion of that? Yes, you can. But to actually access that money, you need to then rely on your borrowing capacity. And that is a big hurdle right now for a lot of people. Because we've seen interest rates go up, you're unfortunately in a position where you can't access that money. So you sort of go, well, I feel rich, so I'm asset rich, but I'm actually not cash rich. Which means you then have to forego some lifestyle choices if you hold that property and don't choose to actually get rid of it, whether it's by selling to access the money or to be able to refinance or extract that equity out. If your borrowing capacity is holding you back from actually accessing that money, you could have made over the last 12 months over $100,000 of equity, but not actually feel materially different because you can't access that money. Cash flow, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. It's where you get taxed because you are positive cash flow. And that is essentially meaning that your income is higher than your expenses. And you're in a position where holding that property does not only not cost you money, but it puts money back into your pocket. And that sort of gives you the best of both worlds where you're like, hey, I know I need to park my money somewhere. If I can get it into an appreciating asset, plus I get paid to hold that appreciating asset, seems like an absolute no brainer. Now in the current environment, it is a lot harder to actually get positive cash flow properties. It is still possible, but it is extremely difficult. So what I would be looking at going is slightly negative or even neutral is a really good position to be in, especially where interest rates are at and the rapid growth of rental income that we're experiencing right now and will experience over the next 12 months. This is why I've been saying that right now is such a peak period to be buying because there are opportunities out there and people can't go and weather the storm over the next 12 months when inevitably we will see interest rates calm down and we see rents continue to move higher. Now, when you think about retiring with real estate, you're effectively saying, how do I get more passive income replacing my active income? So currently, if you make $100,000 a year, you're probably looking at your investment vehicles and saying, how do I generate passively $100,000? And that thereby will actually offset my active income, which means I can go and sit on a beach 
beach and do nothing and my passive income will allow me to continue maintaining my lifestyle. So in that case, you're probably going, well, I just need the highest cash flow properties to be able to get me there. Because if each cash flow property gives me say 50 bucks a week and 50 bucks a week in a year would be about 2,500, I could then go out there and buy 40 of those and I get to 100K a year. Or you could go out and buy 20 and expect that next year your rents will increase even further. But the idea would be highest rental yield so I can go out and purchase as many properties as possible and then I get to financial freedom. Now, although this may sound like it's the most obvious choice, it's probably not. And that's where you're sort of scratching your head going, I'm confused. I need the passive income to retire, but you're also telling me that's not the right move. And that's because you need to understand the rules of the game. I've mentioned this in videos before where I say that you can go out there and say, open up a board game. Right now, what more than 99% of people are doing is they open up the board game and hope for the best. They sort of learn the rules as they go along and they sort of hope that they can win at the end of it. What I'm saying to you is why not read the rules of the game before you start playing? And more importantly, if you only have a limited amount of time, figure out how to win the game. That is the biggest rule of the game, right? So when you're looking at life and you're saying, I want to retire early, I need to replace my active income with passive income. That's pretty much the biggest rule in this game. So if I want to execute that, instead of just going for the easiest choice, which might be the most obvious, hey, more income versus the expenses, positive cash flow, happy days. It's looking under the cover and understanding that with real estate, you need to purchase multiple properties to actually get financial freedom. If you want financial freedom even earlier, you'll have to purchase even more properties. But if you just rely on cash flow heavy properties, it is extremely difficult to be able to go out and purchase multiple in such a short amount of time. Reason being is if each property gives you roughly $5,000 of positive cash flow, it would take you about eight to 10 years to be able to actually purchase a property with the deposit you'd be left with. Instead, if you had a property that was say $500,000 worth and it grew by 10%, you'll have made what someone makes in cash flow over 10 years in literally a year. And so that is why you need a balance of both. The idea is that you have cash flow keep you in the game. And that essentially means that you're able to go to the bank, get the borrowing capacity to be able to move onto your next property. And then capital growth gets you out of the game, the rat race or whatever you want to call it, where you're actively having to obtain the amount of assets to be able to gain financial freedom. So with knowing all of this and you understand cash flow has its place, capital growth has its place. What are the numbers that I need to be looking for when I go onto realestate.com after this video to find my next investment property? And the numbers I personally use would be 5% as a minimum rental yield. And I would also be looking at a minimum 7% capital growth number for me to see that as a good property investment. So you might go, well, okay, 7% capital growth. There's hardly any markets that do that, especially if you look at the last couple of years. And then you look at a 5% rental yield. So you're telling me in a capital city to get a 5% rental yield, am I looking at apartments? Well, maybe, but then you're not actually getting the capital growth there that you should be expecting. And this is where you start looking under the hood and understand that this game of buying real estate, retiring early is actually quite difficult. It seems simple when the process is mapped out for you by five or 10 properties over the next 10 years and you retire. But to actually purchase the right ones, it is actually quite difficult. And I've had people that have come to me going, I've been looking at these exact same areas that say I've been purchasing property in personally or for the buyer's agency. And they've been sitting on the sidelines for six months because they can't seem to go and buy the right property. For example, over the period of 2022, where we saw interest rates increase by more than 300 basis points, we had national house prices drop by 7%. In contrast, our buyer's agency performed at an average of 12% growth. So while the market was declining by 7%, we were growing by 12%. And the clients were really happy, which is why they come in for their second, third, and fourth purchases. But the point I'm trying to make with that is that despite the markets dropping and getting into the right assets at the right price, it is very key that you purchase well in the start. You could purchase a property in the right area, and let's say it goes up for the next three years, 
years. But if you purchase something for a higher price than it should have been paid for, you're already behind. Now, knowing something as simple as the fact that when you look at a borrowing calculator from a bank or a broker, most banks will max out at 6% rental yields. So if you go out there and say, well, I just want cash flow, I'll have unlimited borrowing. Well, guess what? In the bank's eyes, you're maxed at 6%. So if you've got a property that yields 10% yield and you might be buying in a mining town somewhere, they don't even consider that as income when they calculate how much your future borrowing would be. So that's why you need to optimize for both capital growth and cash flow. When you're looking at over a longer period of time, can you actually go and achieve these sort of numbers? My personal portfolio grows at about 11 to 12% every single year when it comes to all of my properties in my portfolio. I've been investing for over 10 years now and these are the formulas I've been using. Anything below these numbers to me, in my opinion, is a dud investment and which is where most people get caught out. If you've purchased property before, go back and look at the actual performance of that property and you'll understand why those properties are holding you back from actually getting to financial freedom, which less than 1% of the entire population will actually get to. If you have enjoyed this video, smash that like button. If you wanna learn more, definitely go ahead and subscribe to the channel as well as check out the playlists I've got on this channel already. I think you guys will really enjoy the whiteboard finance stuff. Thank you so much for watching and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.